Good morning, church. Today's reading is from Philippians 1, 29 and 30. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. May God bless the reading of his word. In our reading today, McKenna, it was great having you on the worship team. So great having that whole worship team. We had Chris on the cajon and Brandon on the piano and Pastor Josh and McKenna as well. Would you join me in prayer as we prepare our hearts for God's message? Almighty God, we, we do praise you that you are all your attributes all the time. 100%. That you never change, you never vary in your character. That you are dependable, you are trustworthy. That you will always treat us with love and mercy and justice, with holiness, with righteousness. Lord, we love you and we praise you, we exalt your name around the world right now. And Lord, we join our brothers and sisters that are watching not only on this live stream, but on live streams around the world, exalting the Lord Jesus Christ. And we continue to pray for a revival in the world. We praise you that already more people are connecting with you, are reading the scripture, are praying, are going to church online than perhaps ever before. May that continue to multiply. And Lord, may you continue to minister to us, not only spiritually, but physically. Lord, we each lift up those we care for and love who are perhaps dealing with this virus right now and ask that you would touch them and heal them in Jesus' name. Lord, we love you. We thank you that we have an amazing future ahead of us, eternity with you, and that we will one day be in a perfect environment where we have nothing to fear, always happy and joyous in Jesus' name. And Lord, we pray now that your Holy Spirit would speak to us words that encourage our hearts, words that instruct us, words that are true from the Word of God, and that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit that I might teach your truth well and clearly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 72-year-old Don Giuseppe Berardelli was a Catholic priest in a small town in Italy, in the northern part of Italy, in the district of Bergamo. And Bergamo was one of the heaviest hit areas of Italy with the coronavirus. And this priest was much loved by the people of his town. And he already had a respiratory illness when he contracted the COVID-19 virus. One of the most difficult decisions that the Italian doctors and nurses have to make is who is going to live and who is going to die because the number of patients that need the ventilators outnumber the number of ventilators that are available. Well, this priest needed a ventilator, but he made a choice. He made a selfless choice that he would give up his ventilator so that a younger person could have it and have a better chance of living. And by giving up his ventilator, this priest, Don Giuseppe Berardelli, knew that he was giving up his life. 
that he was going to fulfill the words of the Lord Jesus Christ who said, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. On March 15th, 2020, Don Giuseppe Berardelli passed from this mortal life into eternal life, having given up his life for someone else. Today we continue in our series entitled Letters from Quarantine as we look at the letters written by a first century man who was under lockdown, who was imprisoned for his faith in Jesus Christ. And as we've seen already, this is the Apostle Paul who was in prison because the Roman government was trying to stop the spread of a so-called virus, the gospel, from spreading. And the Roman government failed completely to keep that virus from spreading. Within 300 years of the imprisonment of the Apostle Paul, the gospel had spread throughout the Roman Empire. And in the year 380. A.D., through the edict of Thessalonica, the Roman emperors at that time declared that Christianity was now the state religion of the entire Roman Empire. Christianity had gone worldwide. When the Apostle Paul was under house arrest and chained to a Roman guard 24-7, he wrote these words in Philippians 1.12, He said, now I want you to know that my circumstances, brethren, have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. The Apostle Paul had no idea when he wrote those words to what extent that would be true. But as I mentioned, they came true beyond his wildest imaginations. And Christianity became the state religion of the entire Roman Empire. Which brings us immediately to the first personal application for us today. Here it is. Number one. Recognize your lockdown. Your shelter in place. Your quarantine. Your trials. Recognize your lockdown as part of God's plan for your life. As part of God's plan for your life. And until you embrace this truth, you are going to be frustrated, perhaps miserable, perhaps angry over your circumstances. You see, to pray for God's will to be done in your life and then to complain when circumstances turn out in a way that bothers your flesh, to complain is a form of Christian hypocrisy. Because when you pray for God's will, and God's will includes things that you don't like, you should accept them with joy. When Jesus was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before his betrayal and subsequent crucifixion, the scriptures tell us he was in deep, deep agony. In fact, he was in such agony that an angelic being had to come and minister to him in his agony. And he was in such agony that he began to sweat literal drops of blood. A medical condition that doctors call hematidrosis. When you sweat drops of blood because the capillaries begin to break. And yet, 
As Jesus prayed in agony, he still prayed for God's will to be done. He prayed asking that he might forego the crucifixion, that he might forego literally having the weight of the world on his shoulders, but he still wanted God's will, and he fell on his face before the Lord and prayed, and he prayed these words. Jesus said, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as thou wilt. Jesus recognized his pain and suffering, his agony and his death were part of God's plan for his life. His spirit wanted God's will, but his sinless human flesh recoiled at the prospects of the suffering that were part of God's will. I find it somewhat ironically humorous that when a Christian prays, oh, I want to be like Jesus Christ, <laughs> I have to wonder if they've ever read the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Have they ever actually read and known and seen how the Christ became the Christ? The poverty, the misunderstandings, the rejections, the denials, the betrayals, the tortures, and the painful death are all part of becoming the Christ. All in the will of God. The Apostle Paul craved to do God's will. And that will resulted in two years of state quarantine, of being in prison, locked down, chained to a Roman guard 24-7. And after he was released, he still craved God's will. And that led to even a harsher imprisonment in a Roman dungeon. And it led to his death by betrayal, all part of God's plan the Apostle Paul's life. The Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians 1.21, for to me to live is Christ. And he puts that in writing so everyone will know. But then he quickly adds these words, and to die is gain. Or as one pastor put it that I read recently, the worst that can happen to us is also the best that can happen to us. To die, the worst, is gain the best. Until you can say those words with complete conviction, to die is gain, until you can say those words with complete conviction, you can't honestly say, for to me to live is Christ. Those two statements are inseparable. Because it's in your living for Christ that death is turned into something to look forward to, something that is a gain. When you recognize your lockdown, your hardship, your trial, your difficulties, your challenges, your disappointments, as part of God's plan for your life, you will also be able to say, as the Apostle Paul wrote in verse 20, 
according to my earnest expectation and hope that I shall not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness Christ shall even now, we could insert the words in his lockdown, as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or death. The Apostle Paul, the issue really wasn't life. The issue really wasn't death. The issue was Jesus getting the glory. First thing that we want to remember this morning from this message is for you to recognize your lockdown as part of God's plan for your life. Some of you listening may die from COVID-19 virus. But all of you listening are going to die. Everyone dies. That's a non-negotiable. The real issue is how you live before you die. For to me, to live is fill in the blank. For to me, to live is... The Apostle Paul was prepared to die. He saw death as gain, as better than life in the here and now. Why? Because the Apostle Paul understood for him to live is Christ. And that's what made dying gain. I've been praying for you not to get the COVID-19 virus. But now I wonder if perhaps that prayer has been a little short-sighted. I should be praying, more importantly, that you live for Christ, no matter how long you live, and no matter how you die. The real issue isn't death. The real issue is life. Live for Jesus Christ, no matter how long you live, and no matter how you die. For to me, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. And until you recognize your lockdown is part of God's plan for your life, you have not yet fully grasped what it means to say to me to live is Christ. Apostle Paul continues writing in verse 27 of his letter from quarantine. And he gets very practical. And in verse 27 of chapter 1 of Philippians, he says, Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. That's really how you judge all your conduct, all the way you live, is whether it is worthy of the gospel of Christ. And then he says, so that whether I come and see you, he's under lockdown, he can't see them yet, or remain absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Notice in this verse, the Apostle Paul is giving us a brief description of what it means to live for Christ. Living for Christ, as we see in just this verse alone, is not a solo operation. Living for Christ is not something you do alone. Living for Christ involves the second personal application for us today, and that is this. Number two, Choose to think and to act as a unified team. Choose to think and to act 
as a unified team. See, Christianity is a team sport. Christianity is something we do together, not something you do solo. The Apostle Paul writes, one spirit and one mind, yes. One person on their own, no. But rather, as he goes on to write, we strive together. For what? For Jesus. You're on the Jesus team. Choose to think and to act as a unified team. We need each other. Even more when we face adversity. When you are hurting, that is not the time to try and go it alone. When one is discouraged, another can offer hope. When one is sick, another can offer health. We mentioned before that we may need physical distancing, which is a better way of putting it at this time. The Apostle Paul was physically distant from the Philippians that he was writing to. But we don't actually want social distancing. We need to stay socially connected, even while physically distant from one another. Just like the Cholin sermon with the two cups and the string. We are physically distant with those two cups, but we are socially connected. The Apostle Paul clearly points this out in verse 27, saying, whether I come to see you, that would be physically together, or remain absent, that's physically distant, I may hear of you, that is a social connection. You see, the Apostle Paul wanted them to maintain a unity of purpose even if they couldn't maintain a unity of presence. Even while we are physically distant from one another, we should still be socially and spiritually connected with one another, glorifying Jesus. And by you watching this service right now, wherever you are, you're fulfilling that. We are connected with one another, glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. Choose to think and to act as a unified team, the Jesus team, glorifying Jesus. Keep sending those encouraging texts and emails to one another. Keep sharing your spiritual insights and thoughts with other people. Keep tithing. Keep praying. Keep sharing. Keep communicating. Keep coming to church online. Keep discipling those in your own household, even if there's only one person in your household. If you haven't been watching our brief Sunday school videos, you should watch them. They're going to be easier to watch. You can watch them right at the end of the service. These Sunday school videos demonstrate people who are physically distant having one mind and one soul working together for Jesus, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And they're creative, they're fun, they're educational, and there are even some bloopers at the end. (laughs) Now the Apostle Paul finishes up this section in verses 29 and 30 with these two verses that many Christians, especially the prosperity preachers, want to ignore. But you can't just pick and choose what verses you're going to believe and which ones you're going to reject when it comes to the Scripture. 
Verse 29 of chapter 1 of Philippians says, For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in Him, and notice the next phrase, but also to suffer for His sake. Experiencing the same conflicts which you saw in me. They saw Paul imprisoned in Philippi. The same conflict which you saw in me and now here to be in me. And now you hear that I'm imprisoned again. Notice what the Apostle Paul is telling his readers. He's basically telling them things are about to get worse. (laughs) Why? Why do things get worse? Paul tells us why. For Christ's sake. For to you it has been granted, he says, for Christ's sake. To suffer for His sake. That word in the text, granted, is the verb form in the Greek of the noun grace. And grace means something that's freely given and undeserved. It's not uncommon for someone to cry out amidst great suffering, I don't deserve this! (laughs) Well, you might be right. It all depends. Which brings us to our third personal application today, number three. For those who love Jesus, suffering is a gift. Suffering is a gift, not a punishment. Not a punishment. It's not something you deserve or earn, (laughs) this suffering. It's God's gift. The gift of suffering is a bit, little bit like the gift of celibacy. It's a gift that no one really wants. <laughs> and yet if you have that gift, God can really use it, as the Apostle Paul talked about with his own gift of celibacy in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. When you as a Christian reach that level of maturity... Where instead of saying, oh, for Christ's sake, when something bad happens and blaspheme the Lord Jesus Christ. When you reach that level of maturity where you can say, in the midst of a trial, a difficulty, a hardship, oh, for Christ's sake, and mean it sincerely. You then have gotten to the place where you understand that for those who love Jesus, suffering is a gift, not a punishment. It is done for Christ's sake. Italian Catholic priest, Don Giuseppe Berardelli, viewed his suffering as a gift both to himself and to others. And he embraced his suffering for Christ's sake and gave away the ventilator that was extending his mortal life and embrace the presence of his eternal life. What is it that you are willing to embrace for the Lord Jesus Christ, for Christ's 
sake. For Christ's sake, recognize your lockdown as part of God's plan for your life. For Christ's sake, choose to think and act as a unified team. For Christ's sake, recognize that for those who love Jesus, suffering is a gift, not a punishment. Would you pray with me? And even though you're watching on a screen, I'd like you to pray so you don't focus on the screen, but you focus on your heart before the Lord. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and pray with me? As you're listening, I need to ask you, what's in your heart? Have you received Jesus as your Savior? Do you know that if you were to die today of COVID-19 or hit by a car or just have a heart attack or whatever it is, if you were to die today, do you know you'll go to heaven? If you don't have that assurance, then you probably don't have Jesus because Jesus' Spirit gives you the assurance that you will have eternal life with Him. If you don't have the assurance of eternal life, I challenge you, I urge you, I beg you right now to acknowledge that Jesus Christ died for your sins. He went through that agony for you to forgive your sins. I beg you to understand that Jesus conquered death and proved it by raising Himself, yes, raising Himself from the dead. And I urge you to cry out to Him, in this moment, and say, Lord Jesus, I believe, please save me. And whether you feel differently, or whether you don't, if you have sincerely called out to Him, He has given you eternal life. And you will spend eternity with Him someday. Lord Jesus, we love You. We ask You to help us live our lives in a way that shows that we have embraced Christ and for us to live as Christ and to die is gain. In his beautiful name we pray. Amen.